Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by a student of Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday service. <clears throat> Hi. Can you guys hear me okay on the microphone all the way back? Okay. Uh, my name is Noelle, and I teach here. I've actually only taught one other time or um, given the Dharma talk on Sunday. Um, I have been coming to this place for a few years, two or three, two or three, I don't know, something like that. Um, I, um, I'm going to, um, use as my source, uh, Darshan talks with Lama. Darshan is, uh, face-to-face, um, teachings that you get in um, kind of one-on-one interview. I think darshan literally means interview, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, I'm going to give my apologies apologies in advance. I have pulled a number of all-nighters recently to get my house ready for market, so I'm a little. I did sleep a little bit last night. Um, thank you for your patience with any uh, lack of sharpness today. Um, <laughs> Uh, I actually, I actually never really feel qualified to give the talks, which maybe some of my Dharma sisters and brothers feel the same. They don't feel like I'm qualified to give the talks. <laughs> but bump. Um, so uh, I, I mentioned this to Lama, and he says, um, you know, we have a lot of lineage teachers here. We have um, our Lama has studied Dharma for 40 years studied and practiced it um, in many different lineages. And he's been a monk, and he's a householder yogi. He has two grown children, and he, um, he's, we're so lucky. Um, I, I believe he is the only Western Lama ordained in the Dalai Lama's lineage. Um, so we're uh, exceptionally lucky at this at time and place, this little temple here, to have a teacher like that, really, um, who can help us to understand it in the context of our lives. He has um, skillful means as one of those um, primary pieces of Dharma in helping others understand Dharma. We need to be skillful in helping them understand how it applies to their own lives, which of course it does. It applies to everything, and he's so skillful. Um, <clears throat> so he's assured me that you know, for lay practitioners really um, to talk about dharma in action. How are we using dharma in our own lives, right? So that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, And uh, let's see. I didn't have a chance to print off my notes. (laughs) Bear with me here that I'm reading. Um, So dharma is not just studying, right? Dharma is ethics. Dharma is meditation. Dharma is study. you know, with our ears, we're we're learning, right? We're we're reading books, um, we're listening to lectures, but it's also conduct and behavior. Like, what are how are we conducting ourselves in life? Which is the whole point, right? That's usually what brings us here. Is you know, I didn't handle this right, or I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not rising to the things that are coming into my life. I'm not meeting my aspirations, right? I want to be more peaceful. I want to be more uh, patient. I want to be kinder. I want to be more courageous, whatever that is. So um, 
how we bring what we're studying and, and training for is practice, right? We train on the cushion, we practice in life is what uh, Lama tells us. So um, uh, a lot of times we, we make our aspirations, we make our New Year's resolutions, and then we don't have the tools to, to actualize that. And then we give up, and we're giving up on ourselves, which is so sad, right? And we don't need to. We never need to give up on ourselves. So <clears throat> in one of my um, recent Darshan meetings with Lama, um, he mentioned um, the statue of David, David and uh, the particular look um, that uh, that David is giving, that Michelangelo, the artist, created this this statue to give, and um, <clears throat> it basically the other artists who had um, portrayed this um, this this scene, this story, um, showed uh, you know whether it was a painting or a sculpture, they showed the battle or they showed the aftermath of the battle, and Michelangelo's statue is. The um, is the look just before he goes after Goliath, right? And it's, it was just like that very specific look. <clears throat> and a lot of um, art historians have, have written about that. Um, and I loved that Lama brought this up because I am a writer by trade, and so his skillful means is to find delightful metaphors <laughs> for me to... Um, oh, that's a good one, Lama. Yeah, thanks. Um, and so, uh, so that look that David gives, and if, if you get a chance to look it up and really look at the statue, it's, um, it's almost, um, it's like where the observer and the observed are becoming one. It's like really, right? Like the energy connection, right? It's almost tantric. It's um, uh, the old uh, Zen baseball advice, you know, be the ball, right? Um, Olympic athletes call it the quiet eye, right? It's that, it's that look just before they do the 10-point dive or the hole-in-one or whatever it is, right? There's no duality, right? They're in the zone. There, there's, there's no separation, right? Um, <clears throat> so uh, Lama told me once that it, it takes tons and tons and tons of shamatha to develop that look, Right, and that that is necessary, and this was the metaphor that I just loved. Um, he says it's necessary so that you can stare down the demons of samsara when they arise, right? And um, so dramatic. <laughs> um, so, uh, so because when those demons arrive, arise, and it is usually from our own mind, but maybe there's. Maybe there's, uh, maybe there's some kind of urgent situation. There's some kind of gnarly situation that you're presented with. Um, <clears throat> usually we only have like a split second to respond. And if we don't have uh, a meditation practice, if we're, we haven't got tools to tame our minds, then that's what is responding, right? Whatever our programming is and our conditioning and our reactions, which are usually, usually they make it worse, right? We we do three things. We we are either craving this thing and we're going after it or we're ignorant of it or we're um, not liking it, so we're running away or we're making it worse, right? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> our, you know, fear takes over and then we're lost. You know, we've, we've, we've missed that moment. We've created more bad karma, right? So, um, so yes, we do have real-life adversaries and difficulties, but the demons are usually our own minds. So staring down those demons 
is um, we develop that that look. Like we're not bothered by it's super great or it's super awful. We it's the same look, right? We're we're staring down with that the eyes of David. It's no big deal. So now that I've relayed to you what Lama wants us to be doing, I will confess that sometimes I don't do that simple instruction. (laughs) And recently I haven't been because of certain intensities, and I'll give you a long list of excuses. But um, uh, So uh, Jen Larimpa, who's um, a famous uh, teacher in in our lineage, who passed away um, at a very old age after... um, just his whole life long living in caves and practicing and teaching. Um, he wrote a wonderful book called Calming the Mind. And um, he, he gives very excellent instructions. You can borrow the book from our library. <clears throat> it's a book that if you study here with Lama, he will recommend to you eventually. Um, and he talks about, um, it's, a, it's a book on meditation instruction. And he also says, you know, these are the things that can keep you from actualizing um, uh, you know from achieving shamatha you know these are the things and one of the things is just um, not doing it <laughs> like not getting your ass to the cushion okay <clears throat> so um, so the very thing and we come up with lots of reasons right oh you know my kids I have two young kids right now I'm selling my house I'm doing renovations I've got this and that and the other thing the very thing that we're trying to tame is that that very thing that tells us we don't need to or there's a million other things we need to do and um, just go and handle that other thing and then get back to it. <clears throat> so it's a very tricky, sneaky little fellow, um, our monkey minds. Um, so my, uh, my dad uh, is a practicing Zen <clears throat> uh, for many years. His practice has been just to get up in the morning and go sit. He calls it just sitting um, no matter what, no matter if he's had enough sleep, no matter if, you know, just whatever is going on. Um, he just, even before breakfast, he goes to the bathroom, he just sits. <clears throat> um, Susan Farrar, who's a longtime veteran teacher who's here, has given similar advice. You just get up, you go to the bathroom, you light a candle, and you just sit on your cushion. So... <clears throat> um, for a while, one of the other mothers in Sangha, um, Mia, she and I had sort of a, um, what would you call it, like a, um, a workout buddy where we would, we would be answerable to each other. Like, did you get your, you know, sit to, today? Did you get six minutes even? Did you get 12 minutes? And we would push each other on that. So um, I am making a plea to all of you to um, work that into your day even if it's um, another mother at our, uh, in our group I, I'm talking about mothers a lot because that's the world that I'm in right now and it's very uh, challenging to find time um, when you are working and raising children so she drives to work a little early or she takes a break on her lunch hour and she goes to her car and she sits um, for six minutes right so or 12 minutes <clears throat> so we can always we can actually always figure out six or 12 minutes because we're figuring out six or 12 minutes to do social media or to stare off into space or, you know, so those excuses that I'm making for myself, I know are BS. So you can help me by encouraging me and checking in with me. Hey, how are you doing with your shamatha? You know, did you, are you meditating? You know, and maybe (laughs) we know the Dharma practitioners, we know what the, the downfalls are. We can check in with each other, right? And not as like a punitive thing, or a, or a, where it's dharma is not um, 
like Weight Watchers, right? <laughs> oh man, you really effed up. Oh, you know, you're in the doghouse. It's not like that, right? It's like okay, so you know, let's let's get it in. You know, how can you figure this out, right? It's gentle. It's gentle. Um, I wanted to talk about because this talk is about Dharma in action, right? So how do we take what we're learning? And what we're training and what we're studying, how we take that, how do we take that into life? And I wanted to talk about another practice that I find extremely um, applicable. I've heard this criticism from some people who I, d- I just don't think, they just don't understand Dharma, that it's like passive, right? That it's, it's just something that you do on the, on the cushion and then you don't, you don't do anything with it in your life. And so how it's not about that. Um, and there's some specific, um, uh, one of them is uh, Tong Len, and um, I'm going to talk about that, but I want us to take a, um, a we'll, break after, we'll break after the talk and before the meditation, right? Okay. Um, so I will talk about that now. Um, so Tong Len is, um, is a practice that was developed th- about a thousand years ago. <clears throat> Um, and let me see. It means giving and taking, and we're we're actually um, visualizing our loved ones, people that were were maybe ignorant of neutral. We don't even pay attention to them. They don't even show up on our radar, and troubling people, um, people that um, just really get us in the wrong way. Um, and we're exchanging our energy with them. We're actually um, we're breathing in. So that's the the taking. We're breathing in the bad karma, the pain, and uh, we're transforming it. This I'm not going to do a thorough training on this subject today. I'm just going to kind of give you an introduction, and then I want you to follow up with um, reading a book. And um, Marie, who's another longtime teacher here, does a really excellent class on Tonglen. I think it's the third Friday of every month. <clears throat> it's really good. Who's, who's been to that? Um, yeah, so good, right? Yeah. Useful? Yes. So useful. Yeah. <clears throat> so she's really good. She's been a, uh, Marie has been a Tonglen practitioner for many years. And um, she has an amazing story about how it transformed a really difficult relationship, which I won't, uh, I'll let her talk about it when you go to the class. Um, Pema Chodron writes a lot about Tonglen, um, and one of her uh, books that uh, people really like, and I like it too, is called Start Where You Are. And uh, Tonglen was developed as a way to um, help uh, Dharma practitioners to um, actualize certain traits of a bodhisattva, and many of those those traits are kind of itemized or delineated in the um, 57 points of mind training, which is called Lojong mind training. They're slogans of uh, traits that we want to develop as bodhisattvas. Um, and all of us can, no matter where you come from, which is where the start where you are part comes from. No matter where you start from, you can you can um, develop those traits. Um, one of the uh, the greatest, most revered teachers in our lineage, um, Mila Repo, had been a murderer before he um, got on the path, the Dharma path, right? Which is an amazing story. And he became a fully awakened um, bodhisattva and a great teacher and helped so many. And so, and that actually kind of makes me feel emotional because 
literally, there is hope for all of us, no matter what your situation is. Yeah. So, um, so Tonglen um, is this practice, and um, let's see here. <clears throat> Right, so our habits usually are, um, as I said, we're craving something, right? Like whatever our anesthetic is when life gets rough, right? Um, maybe it's ice cream, <laughs> maybe it's alcohol, uh, maybe it's binge watching on Netflix, um, whatever it may be, shop, shopping therapy, right? Um, or we're, um, or we're, it's not even on our radar, we're just not even paying attention, or we're running away from it, right? Um, but so Tonglen is, uh, is flipping that around. It, we're, we're addressing these troubling, difficult things in a completely different way than we, than we normally would have. Um, so because the craving, the aversion, and the ignorance actually leads to more suffering, right? Because we're running away doesn't mean that the problem's going away. It means now we're fleeing from it, the problem is going to continue. We're ignorant of it, the problem is going to continue, and we're going to have some bad karma from that. You know, that's just what's going to happen. So even though it feels counterintuitive, the medicine is actually in taking the poison. You know, that's metaphorical. Um, Rumi says the cure for the pain is in the pain, right? So interesting. Um, So so we're breathing in the pain, we're transforming it, and we're breathing out compassion and good karma. And um, Tonglen is one of the techniques that you can use on the fly all throughout your day in whatever circumstance you're in um, to transform difficult situations into good things, right? So I'll give you an example of uh, just a very simple example of how I've, I've used it. And I'm sure that once you start practicing it, you'll find ways that you can use it too. <clears throat> I wouldn't recommend just doing Tonglen and not doing the Shamatha, however, because um, doing the Shamatha is required so you can hold your seat, right? You've got to be able to hold your seat when shit gets real. So, um, and then the Tonglen is how do you answer and deal with these things that come up? So, one day, I was at an indoor trampoline park, um, trampoline gym with my kids. They have these kind of bouncy house things, uh, really great in the summertime, 100 degree weather to get your kids, um, you know, the energy, that crazy energy out. So I was in there with my kids, and I was sitting down, and there was a woman behind me who had an older child. She had a teenager, and the ch- uh, the teenager was, you know, being kind of teenagery. Um, kind of, <laughs> kind of, yeah, br- yeah, that's it, just that, you know. And the mom, um, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, who knows what the causes and conditions were of her impatience. I'm sure that she had a long list, like all moms do, all dads do. Um, it's a lot, right? It's a lot to just adult and, um, you know, take care of. Who, who here is a, a parent in the who has kids, yeah, grown or, or small, yeah, so it's a lot, right? It's a lot. Um, actually, uh, Buddha says that um, if you carried your mom on one shoulder and your dad on your shoulder for a thousand kalpas, or 10,000 kalpas? 
Kalpas, which is a long duration of time, and you circumambulated Mount Meru like a thousand or for ten thousand Kalpas until your bones were ground into dust and blood flowed from your body, that you would still um, not be able to repay the kindness of your brother and your father. <laughs> and I'm mentioning this because Lama mentioned it to me, so not to, to get a plug for sympathy, but it's. Um, uh, uh, and because no matter what, and it's hard to sometimes it's hard to uh, it's hard to feel that way if we've had a di- if we've had difficult parents. Some of, them, of us have had difficult parents, and I acknowledge that 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 suffering is real. Right? Sometimes we're we're here because we're getting over a very difficult childhood. So, um, regardless of of what our uh, you know how good. Or challenging our parents, where it's difficult to, it's difficult. So, so this mother was, <clears throat> she she just had a trigger hair temper, right? She was like not having it, and the the teenager was, it was pretty mild in my opinion. It was a pretty mild, and she was like right on it. She's like, Bleh! and the things that she said to her teenager, I was just like, oh, it was pa- it was painful to listen to. It's just I just felt like kind of crushed. Like this is so. Terrible! I just I want to like jump to this teenager's defense, <laughs> you know. And and I I can remember sometimes before I had Dharma where I I did you know, and it wasn't good actually because it results in um, shame and and a more upset. And you're not we're not seeing the whole picture. We're not seeing the whole picture. We can't. There's no way. And so I sat with it for a minute, and I did my tonglen. I breathed it in, I breathed it out, I breathed it in. And it, and it didn't even take very long for me to transform my understanding of the situation. And I, and I could see this mother for, for, you know, wow, she's got a lot of intensities in her life and probably a lot of things that I don't even see. And maybe she's got, a, maybe she's got an abusive husband. Maybe she's... Maybe she's lost her job. Maybe maybe she's you know maybe she had a terrible mother, and so she's working against all of her own parenting you know uh, training that she had. Um, and I thought, okay, this is the time to give a ton of compassion, tons of compassion to both. And the teenager who's bewildered, like, wow, I just I hardly said anything, and she's all over me. So I just I just turned around and I just smiled and I just said, it's really hard sometimes, isn't it? Relationships between mothers and daughters. I know because I remember having a, yeah, it's really hard. And I looked at the teenager and I said, it's really hard sometimes, huh? Yeah, and I looked at the mom. I said, you know, I, it's really hard, huh? <laughs> and that was it. That was it, right? And I just smiled at them and I gave them a lot of compassion and I made really good eye contact and I let them know I wasn't judging them. And they both softened. Like you could see the teenager went, kind of like, yeah, God, that's a pain. Shit's so hard. <laughs> and the mom was like, oh, yeah, it's really hard, you know. And then because they knew that I wasn't ju- in sitting in judgment and I didn't think they were bad, they both could kind of, like, soften to each other. And, and it totally uh, um, kind of just brought the whole moment, de-escalated. And they were kinder to each other, like, immediately kinder to each other, you know. So, and this this was something, you've you've observed these these kind of situations or you've experienced them or maybe you... You were participant members of them, where you know there's a trigger, another trigger, and, and, and you know pretty soon it's like it's so heightened, right? And and there's fighting, and so those little moments that you can find where you can um, give and take, right? You can hold your own seat, not react, not not by suppressing or holding it down, but actually by um, 
exchanging that energy and, and being with it, um, then you can, your own innate intelligence, right, your own knowing of what to do, which is your heart mind, which is Lama talks a lot about awakening our heart mind, our heart wisdom can arise, right? It just arises spontaneously, actually, which is really beautiful. We don't have to read like 50,000 parenting books, which there are, <laughs> to know what to do. Or let's say we're not talking about parenting, we're talking about a relationship with our boss. We're talking about our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our husband, our wife. We don't have to read all of the advice books that there are about, right? There's so many. Um, what we have to do is we have to stabilize ourselves shamatha and we have to give and take so we're understanding the other person and then we will know. It just, it just comes that way. It is that way because all of us have Buddha nature. All of everybody that's here and everybody that's out there has Buddha nature if we can calm the mind and understand each other. So those two tools I find... Uh, you know, I could talk about parenting, I could talk about relationships, but they all are boiling down to the same thing, right? So um, that's, I guess, a good place to stop for questions, maybe, or or comments. You know, I'm I'm would love to hear maybe about how other people have used um, Tonglen in their own lives or have seen shamatha transform their. Um, uh, you know their own existence. You know, so yeah. Any questions or or? Uh, oh yeah. I just want. I just wanted to make a comment. I loved it that you um, invited us all to coach each other and to mentor <laughs> each other. Um, it was a real um, testament to the strength and the the kindness of Sangha, of, of community, how we can all be with each other and gently, kindly say, you know, how you doing? Just um, So I really like that you brought that up. I thought that was really important. Thank you. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> sometimes we are... We're, we're either we're really critical of ourselves and we think everybody's got it hooked up or we think we're just ah, I'm nailing this thing and <laughs> so but actually we're <laughs> you never feel that way I never feel that way either um, for, for a moment or two and then I usually get knocked down I get the big smack down um, but actually like we're all pretty much living the same Life, maybe the the trappings of it are slightly different, you know. So, you know, it's stretch samsara is a struggle, right? And, um, uh, you know, and I'm so grateful to to all the um, sangha members. I'm looking at one right now who's really been wonderful for when things are are hard for me, uh, just kind of to check in and give me a hug and and also share share her vulnerabilities and difficulties too, right? We're we're all um, we're all just kind of moving along, right? And so we pick each other up and help each other along and um, keep going. You know, we're going to get there. So um, any other questions or... Yeah, Jackie. 
Yeah, I did just want to make a comment like about um, Tonglen with kids. And um, I haven't necessarily used that specifically, but just that kind of language of um, empathy and reflecting where someone's at. And sometimes it'll take a long time. Like it won't be that kind of quick, like, oh, right. Like it'll take time to break down those walls, but it will happen. Yeah. So just like keep doing it for people. That's true. Yes. Especially if it's a complex relationship that we've had um, over time, we have some history with the person and maybe we, we're not seeing the ways that we're entangled. And um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, hundred percent on that one. Um, If it's a family member that we've had trouble with, it may take quite a bit. I actually, my mom came up in Tonglen a lot and I did uh, so much Tonglen and it was a difficult relationship. And then eventually it wasn't difficult anymore because I could see it, you know, and it was really clear, the different layers of, right? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, thank you for that, Jackie. That's great. Um, any other questions or, uh, or, yeah. Um, I guess I'll make a comment. Just, I, I want to thank you for just how comfortable you are. And that just shows oh. how much this is working for you. Oh. We, we see we're all the same. Actually, that's an opening that kind of comes eventually, and we start to see that it's our separation that causes all our problems and our ego yeah. and stuff like that. Once we see that we're all working on the same thing, we're all that, that same part of life, we're life, essentially. And we make these little problems, and we just make them bigger and bigger. But <clears throat> we start sharing and opening, and it just becomes wonderful. Anyway, thank yeah. you oh, for yeah. being up there. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's interesting because I, uh, my, my experience of my own self up here is different than your <laughs> experience of observing me. So I'm glad that that um, that it's not my my sweaty palms are not and yeah you're not experiencing my sweaty palms. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be an example of me. Like I could have talked myself out of this, saying, "Oh, I'm just I'm way too stressed out about this, and I haven't had enough time to to." Uh, prepare and so forth, right? But no, we're going to rise because it's compassion and it's what it is. It we're happy, perfect. That's it. Doesn't have to be, per- and it isn't. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's, it is perfect in the moment. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, any other uh, questions or? Yeah. Oh, microphone. There you go. Patty, thank you so much. I really appreciate your talk so much. I have five kids, so <laughs> um, but they're grown except for one. But uh, I, I practice Tonglen with my daughter because uh, um, because I used to do foster care and it caused some resentment because I had so many kids all the time, like and, and there's just me and there's not enough of me to go around. So now she's an adult and she comes home so every so often and um, so she I could she, this resentment's still there so I. I've been taking her for walks at the river, and she tells me all these things that, you know, it's hard to hear. But it, I just say, tell me more, Jesse. Tell me more. It's really hard for me to hear, but it's so important, and you're important to me. Just tell me more. And this went on. I've done a lot of these walks. Just tell me more. I, I didn't know this about you. Just tell me more. So it says, went away, Tonglin, breathing it in. Just tell me more. And then eventually... Um, she sends me uh, emojis that I often send that some people here know about, you know, like hearts and flowers and stuff, which is quite remarkable coming from somebody wow. like her because she's not like me in a lot of ways. But wow. 
But anyway, I just wanted to mention that as a practice. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Because yeah. that, that could have gone the other way. That could have been like the lifelong, I'm going to tear up a little bit, because I didn't have that with my mom. That was, um, you know, I had to do a lot of work after she had passed of repairing that relationship. And you get to repair it real time while you still have her and she has you. And it's beautiful. What a, what a great gift that is. Wow. I'm also a crier. I'm the biggest crier in the sangha, just so you know. <laughs> the biggest one. All right. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Uh, really connected with your um, with what you're sharing. Your vulnerability is um, is really remarkable, and um, you know the mother thing is very is very difficult. And um, and uh, you know I've never did uh, the Tonglin like. Um, you know, um, as taught or whatever, you know, I've never done that particular practice. But I am, um, one thing is clear is that it's, it's always coming back to me. So, you know, I'm like definitely working with, you know, my, you know, my mind and thoughts and emotions and, um, I have a teacher and support and um, practices, and so, you know, um, I have screwed up a lot, a lot, and, um, you know, I'm back at my mom's house, and and, uh, this is great, you know, for, like, being knocked off of, like, thinking I know something, right, Um, which I tend to do, I really do, and... um, it's just not true, you know, and so, you know, I don't know what happened, but, you know, along this journey, you know, being shown the truth about, like, oh, you know, um, it's about what I'm doing and how I'm treating Hello? Oh. <laughs> and um, so, uh, you know, I had this, um, this thing happen where, you know, I just all of a sudden know that it, the only thing I need to do is be kind to my mom. And, and it just changed everything. You know, it doesn't matter what she did, what she said, what she didn't do. You know, I have the tools. I have the compassion. And, you know, and so um, this is huge. This is huge. I don't have to, like, be, you know, thinking what she didn't do to me or what she did do, you know, or what I don't have or what I do have, you know, and um, I can help her. It's my job to help her. So um, this only happened because I have a teacher and because of this place and my, you know, my friends here and people like you. I really, uh, I'm happy to see you today. Like I said, I've been thinking about you for a couple days and, you know, and your vulnerability and this, these kind of things, you know, this is, this is what it's about. So thank you. Thank you for that, <clears throat> for that very vulnerable share. Um, one of the Tonglen, uh, one of the Lojong slogans is to be grateful for everyone. And um, it's such a great slogan because um, we can transform difficult things. 
Um, if Everything is Easy, um, oh, this great film, uh, one of my things that I like to do is uh, write screenplays and, and watch films, which I don't have a, very much time these days, but uh, Little Miss Sunshine was one of my favorite films. And there's a relationship in there. Steve Carell is the, the gay older, um, uh, is the gay, uh, the gay uncle whose his life has fallen apart. And then he has a, a nephew who's, who can't um, go into the military because he's colorblind and he's totally crushed. And he says, you know, the things, I'm going to misquote this, but um, see the film if you get a chance. There's a lot of Dharma concepts in there. Um, uh, we don't learn things when everything is good, when everything is easy, right? It's it's when things are difficult that we learn. And so, like, those difficult relationships that we have, like our, our mothers, right, or, or whatever the relationship is, that's the chance where we get to experience breaking open, right, and just, like, shedding ego. And uh, Dalai Lama says we, we're, we suffer because we're fixated on ourself, Right, and we're always going to find something lacking because of the relative nature of of our existence here. Right, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not as skinny as this person. I'm older than this person. I'm I'm not as rich as this person. There's always going to be something lacking if we're fixated on ourselves. But when we have a challenge, then we get to step out into this much greater experience, which is infinite amounts of joy. In, in living in a compassionate existence. Sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> Sometimes compassion doesn't really feel good in the moment. But um, the long game, in the long game, this is infinitely more um, beautiful way to, to live, you know. Yeah. This has been a Lions Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.